Hello, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Hello again, everyone. This is Rico, and this is a live recording of Treks in Sci-Fi, show number 78 for October the 8th, 2006. Just recording this uh, today on Sunday afternoon uh, with my webcam going, so hi to the guys watching. And I will be looking this week at a TNG episode along with some Star Trek news and a little discussion about the big Christie's Star Trek auction that happened this past week. So stand by. Here we go. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Like I said earlier, we're going to be looking this week at the episode of The Next Generation called Family. This is a wonderful episode from early in the fourth season of The Next Generation. We're going to have some new information on Star Trek in the news. We're going to talk a little bit about the Christie's auction, like I said earlier. Some really big bids on some uh, wonderful items there. And just uh, some replica talk and a lot of other good stuff. So stand by. We'll be back in a sec. Again, I'd like to welcome everyone to Treks in Sci-Fi this week. If you're new, welcome to the show. If you've listened for a long time, welcome. It's uh, another uh, another week has gone by, and we're back uh, Sunday here recording live. Uh, well, with maybe some post editing. Uh, this is your host Rico. And first off, I'd just like to thank uh, thank everyone for the emails and support for uh, for the my dog passing away a couple of weeks ago. Our dog uh, Cheyenne. Really appreciate all the emails and uh, comments on that. Uh, it's uh, very helpful, and I just wanted to mention that right now. The uh, the big news for all those who have ordered T-shirts, uh, as the people that are watching on the web camera can see right now, the T-shirts are here. I'm wearing one, actually, as I'm recording this. Uh, it's uh, It turned out real good. I think the uh, I really like the color of the shirt. It's sort of a, a grayish-blue color uh, with the logo on the back and some words on the front. And I will be sending these all out uh, via Detroit Post Office box uh, that I'm going to visit tomorrow. Uh, they'll all go out in the mail this week, and you should get them in a few days. Uh, again, I think they came out really well. I do have, uh, and I think I've said a few times before, there's a few, maybe three or four large and three or four extra large left. Uh, I got a few extra made up, so if anyone's still interested... Uh, just uh, look for the links to buy those on the website or shoot me an email at treksf at gmail.com and let me know if you'd like one.
Well, I think the uh, the big Star Trek news this week, at least, was the uh, past three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, of the big Christie's Auction House uh, auction for all the old Star Trek you know, costumes, props, models. Uh, about a 1,000 items were auctioned off over three days, several hours each day. Uh, this was on, and it was kind of interesting, the history dot com uh, website was broadcasting streaming it live from New York f- during the auction and, and the people that were bidding they were they could go and bid in the room if you were there obviously or on the phone or over the internet and I think Christie's was a little surprised by the all the pricing and the the bidding wars that went for some of these items there was one item in particular which is the uh, model that was used on the Next Generation series, the Enterprise D, NCC 1701D, you know, Captain Picard's ship, that uh, I think it was probably, it's about a three foot or so long model that went for a cool half a million dollars. And I thought it'd be kind of fun. I recorded a little audio off the internet while it was that auction was taking place yesterday. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to play a little bit of, of that back uh, for everyone if you didn't get a chance to hear the the way the bidding went, I kind of edited it. I have the beginning of the auction for the item, and then I didn't. Uh, I kind of cut out some of the middle, and then you get to the ending part. So uh, just uh, listen to this. It was pretty interesting to listen to. And of course, the Starship Enterprise D. <laughs> Five thousand ain't gonna cut it this time, I don't think. Um, thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand dollars. Thirty-five thousand. Forty thousand now. That's forty thousand. Forty-five thousand. Fifty thousand. Fifty-five thousand. Fifty-five thousand dollars. I'm out. That's fifty-five. Sixty thousand. Four hundred and fifty thousand. Against the room. <laughs> Four hundred and eighty thousand. One more. $480,000 this time with Jamie, against you, Heather, and against you, Kathy, $480,000. At $500,000 with Heather. $500,000 with Heather's bidder against you, Kathy. 20? 20000 At $500,000 with Heather's bidder against you in the room. $500,000? Oh, my God. Against the online bidders. At $500,000. Sure? No regrets? Lots of regrets, but no more money. So, for five hundred thousand dollars. Yep. So there, uh, there you have the the winning bidder uh, for the uh, that was again for the model uh, that was used on the next generation of uh, Captain Picard ship, the D Enterprise. Had several models that went for quite a bit. Uh, they had the movie version of the Enterprise, the early uh, movies, the original crew movies, that went for, I think that one went for about a quarter of a million, 260000 
dollars and uh, it's just uh it's really pretty incredible to me you know a lot of people have kind of said in the past couple of years star trek is kind of dead and and people aren't all that interested in well i guess uh people that have a lot of money are still interested because these people were bidding like crazy i mean there were sets of small patches that were going for four or five thousand dollars there were there were just little things that were going nothing hardly was going for less than a thousand and most of the even small items were going for four to five thousand dollars it's it was just incredible i'm actually kind of glad that i didn't get in in time to pre-register to do this auction because it's just it's way out of my price range even so uh it's uh the uh the one thing i was a little surprised at they had a um a two-piece, it's a, a very large two-piece bridge uh, section that was built for one of the Enterprise episodes, the one of the last season episodes in the Mirror Darkly, I think it was called. Anyway, that was um, a bridge that was recreated uh, to mimic the original series bridge, and that set uh, piece, which was very, very cool looking, it only went for around, I think it was almost 40000 like 38000 Now, granted, that would have been a lar- large item to toss in the back of your car and get home and where would you put it but uh i was actually surprised that that went for as low as it did just of the uh just the nature of it and the size and and the detail that it had on it but uh so that's the christie's auction there are some links if you go to christie's and i've got some links on the website on the forums where you can find all the items and the winning bids and everything i guess they pulled in about a total of seven million plus dollars I'm not really sure how much Christie's takes, what kind of cut they take out of the whole auction. I don't know, probably 10% at least or something. So so CBS, which owns Star Trek right now, is um, probably pretty happy maybe. You know, you got to think, though, a lot of that those items still were uh, things that were very irreplaceable and, and just, you know, they uh, they just had them in storage. And it's kind of a sad day in a way that this stuff is all just auctioned off to the winds. But... Uh, Hopefully it went to people that will uh, appreciate it over the years and it won't just show up on eBay. Uh, we'll take a quick little break here and then we're going to come back uh, with a couple less minute announcements and then we'll get into the main topic, which is the TNG episode family. Hey everyone, this is Scott Johnson from the Extra Life Radio Show. You're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with my friend Rico. Okay, we're back. A uh, couple last announcements I want to talk about. The um, This Wednesday, I'm going to release a podcast. I did an interview yesterday with a uh, really interesting woman. Uh, her name is uh, Christine Smith. She's an author and had a lot of different jobs over the years. But the big thing uh, in relation to Star Trek is she had a lot of contact with DeForest Kelly, who, of course, uh, played Dr. McCoy in the original series. She had a lot of uh, various experiences with him, especially in his later life, and she wrote a really interesting book, and we talked about it, oh gosh, probably for about an hour yesterday. Uh, we did a little interview, and I recorded it, and I'm editing it a little bit now, and that's going to get released for the next podcast this coming Wednesday. I think uh, everyone that listens to this show will, will really enjoy it. She was very interesting to talk to, so that'll be coming up on Wednesday's show. And I think that's uh, main, mainly uh, the announcements I wanted to uh, cover. There's a little bit of Star Trek news, other news this uh, week that I was going to talk about. There's a, a new, I guess, PlayStation 2 game that was released, PlayStation 2 only, 
called Star Trek Encounters. I don't really know a lot about the game, and I'm hoping that somebody out there that's listening to the show may have tried this game and could send me some comments. Uh, you can always send in comments via the email, treksf at gmail.com. Call the voicemail line, 206-88-TREX, or just email me uh, some audio comments. But I'd be curious on what people thought of that game, if you've anyone out there that's had a chance to play it. Uh, uh, some other Star Trek tidbits. I'm looking on uh, the Star Trek Trek Today headlines. It looks like William Shatner is going to be hosting a game show for ABC. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, there's going to be a new um, comic uh, book series for Star Trek First, The Next Generation is going to do a six-part series next year, and there will also be some original series uh, comic books coming out too next year, so that's that's always good. Uh, They've had a lot of different Star Trek comics over the years, and and most of them I've enjoyed. You know, the nice thing about comics is you can just use your imagination and draw just about anything uh, you'd like, and you don't have to worry about budgets and how to build the sets and the aliens and all that. So we'll be looking forward to those, and uh, I'm sure... uh, the like the Star Trek manga book that was just recently out, which which is really good. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I picked it up uh, maybe about a month ago, and I think it's uh, something that most Star Trek fans would enjoy. So check that out. Also, I think uh, that's about going to be it for now for announcements and news. I, I want to get going now into the main topic, which is the episode "Family" from the Next Generation. And like I usually do, or at least most of the time, I'm going to play the uh, 30-second little preview for that episode now, and then we'll come back and get started talking about it. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, Picard faces his most difficult mission, the long journey home. I seem to have made a rather disturbing discovery. A family reunion takes a twisted turn. What the devil happened to you up there? Turning brothers into bitter rivals. I even enjoyed bullying you. A tragic homecoming on Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay, there you have the opening uh, preview, 30-second little spot on this episode uh, called Family. I thought this would be a really good one to uh, to cover uh, at this stage of things. At least, uh, uh, for me at least, there's been a lot of things going on lately, and the episode Family, uh, I've always enjoyed of uh, this episode from the next generation i think it's uh it's kind of an overlooked episode actually i was surprised when i was reading up on it a little that it was uh, a very low low rated in terms of you know television ratings when it first aired for the fourth season early in the fourth season even though it was very well uh, received by critics and was up for some awards even but it uh, for some reason the fans just kind of i don't know didn't turn out to watch it but let me give you a little bit of background this, again, was uh, the episode early in the fourth season called Family. It was written by Ronald D. Moore, or Ronald D. Moore, who now works, of course, on the new Battlestar Galactica. Now, the, the time frame that this happened in, in the Star Trek Next Generation uh, era was this happened just after the, the whole best of both worlds when Picard had been taken by the Borg and he had been, you know, turned into a, a Borg drone by them and, and violated and had some really nasty things happen to him, basically, and only really through Riker's ingenuity and, and the whole crew of the Enterprise got him back and was able to stop the Borg uh, threat at that time. But Picard, uh, you know, he, he really got put through the ringer in, in that uh, set of episodes. And the nice thing, the good thing to me about this episode called Family is the fact that 
that it had some repercussions. Uh, Sorry, stumbling my words again for a second. Repercussions. You know, he didn't just the next uh, episode get all better. He wasn't perfect. You know, this this affected him greatly. And this episode called uh, Family really brings that out, I think. There are some really great guest stars. Basically, the you know the premise of this episode is Picard goes home. The Enterprise is in orbit. It's uh, undergoing repairs after the whole Borg incident. And Picard uh, decides to take a little uh, shore leave and visit his uh, home in France and visit his brother and his family there, which you'd never seen before previously on The Next Generation. And it was a, a real interesting. It gave you a lot of insight into his character, into where he grew up and his family. And there are um, a couple other overlapping storylines that are going on in this episode. Uh, the other one that's going on is Worf's adopted parents, uh, the uh, Roshinkos, I think that's how you say that, Sergey and Helena, come aboard to visit Worf. And there's also a little small storyline going on with Wesley where his mom, Dr. Crusher, finds this uh, hollow tape, a hollow uh, recording of Wesley's father. Remember, Jack Crusher, Wesley's father, had died years ago. Wesley never really knew him. He had died uh, serving with uh, Picard at the time on the Stargazer. So that uh, that was going on also in this episode. So lots of lots of good stuff. But I'm going to mainly focus on the Picard storyline. I'll talk a little bit of, about the Wharf and the Wesley thing, and I have some uh, various audio clips as usual to illustrate some of those things. the The guest stars, though, in this were really uh, really some good good guest stars. Excuse me. Jeremy Kemp plays uh, Robert Picard, uh, uh, Jean-Luc Picard's, Captain Picard's brother. You have Samantha Egar, who plays Marie uh, Picard, who is uh, obviously uh, Robert Picard, Picard's brother's wife, uh, who in, it, until this episode uh, Jean-Luc never met. And there is uh, his nephew, Rene, who's played by uh, an actor named David Tristan Birkin. And, and just, you got you got some really good guest stars in this. The, uh, the Roshenkos... Uh, some some really uh, I guess uh, very famous uh, people there also Theodore Bite I'm trying to say his last name Theodore Bickle Bickle is Sergey and uh, the other one is Georgia Brown uh, plays Helena and they they I think uh, you get a really good sense of, of how Worf must must have been for him to grow up with these adoptive parents on Earth and he was kind of an outsider being a Klingon on Earth and all of that. So I think that was uh, was good. And, and there's a couple of audio clips I've got about that. So, And uh, I think that's mainly it. I, I just think that this uh, this is a really interesting episode, and it gives you really a lot of insight into the, the various characters and actors. Oh, there's one interesting uh, thing on this episode. I think it's about the only episode of Star Trek of all the series that you never actually are on the bridge of the ship. You're never on the bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah, of course, Deep Space Nine didn't really have a bridge. They had, you know, a promenade or an ops area and all that. But this uh, this episode of The Next Generation, you never are on the bridge of the Enterprise at all in this one. You're in a couple of offices, Picard's quarters, I think, uh, and but you never really end up on the bridge, which is very interesting. You know, they had whole, whole episodes that practically only were on the bridge. But this one, you're never on the bridge. So kind of a unique little twist there. I'm going to move into some of the clips, and then we'll talk about it as we go. The first one I want to play, there's a, a scene I think that's kind of important at the beginning of the episode. This is a scene in Picard's quarters. He's getting ready to take uh, his shore leave, getting kind of packed and everything, and, and uh, Counselor Troy is there talking to him a little bit about uh, about everything that he's gone through and you know the fact that he's taking a little leave time and everything. So, so listen to this. 
Counselor. I just find it interesting. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, the man who couldn't be pried out of his seat for vacation for three years. It's Earth. It's home. Do I need another reason? I don't know. What do you think? Your help has been invaluable during my recovery. But, look, I'm, uh, I'm better. The injuries are healing. Those you can see in the mirror. The nightmares have ended. All I need now is a little time to myself. I agree. In fact, I'm delighted you're going. It's just that the choice of where you're going could stand some scrutiny. If you wish to believe my going home is a direct result of being held captive by the Borg, be my guest. Is that what you believe? I hate it when you do that. Captain, you do need time. You cannot achieve complete recovery so quickly. And it's perfectly normal after what you've been through to spend a great deal of time trying to find yourself again. And what better place to find oneself than on the streets of one's home village? Interesting. That's a really nice scene there with uh, Troy and Picard. You can see that he's, you know, he's trying to put on a good face. He's trying to say that he's okay. But, you know, truthfully, deep down, as you see throughout this episode, he's, he's not okay. What happened with the Borg really affected him. You know, he'd always been able to conquer everything, it seems, uh, throughout his, his career and, and even when he was a young boy, which you learn about in this episode a little bit. But uh, what happened with the Borg was, you know, put him in a very powerless situation and, and, and it caused him to really doubt himself to some degree, I think. And, I, you know, with, with things that have happened with me lately, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for, for giving yourself time to kind of heal from something. And I think um, it, it makes these characters a lot more human and a lot more believable when they, they sort of recognize that. And they don't just go on, you know, something happens like uh, uh, so drastic with what happened with the Borg with Picard, and they just go on from there and, and like it didn't even happen at all. I, I, again, I, I think this is important. It really shows some of what um, I think what early Ron Moore was trying to accomplish here and what he does now on, on Battlestar Galactica. This is a little bit of a tangent, but, you know, the characters on Battlestar, which which I'll just go even more of a tangent right now. I watched the two-hour season three premiere. Not going to give anything away, really, but, you know, that show is just almost all about the characters, how they're changing, evolving, things are happening to them. You know, there's a major plot thing going on also with the Cylons and all that, but... You know, Ron Moore got a lot of ex- good experience that he's really showing uh, in Battlestar from working on Star Trek, and again, he's he's really he's really good at working with characters and these actors and all that, and it really shows in this episode. I, it's uh, like I said, it's uh, one of my favorites. Let's uh, let's go on the uh, the next clip. There's a fun little clip here with uh, Picard's nephew Rene that he meets as he's walking from town to out to his. Uh, chateau uh in the countryside and renee sees him on the road and they kind of have a nice little conversation as they walk uh towards the picard house so i'll play that uh clip for you right now i know who you are then you have the advantage you're my nephew jean-luc from the starship enterprise then you must be my uncle renee i'm not your uncle it's the other way around 
Too bad. I rather enjoyed the idea. Why have you been away so long? Well, Starfleet keeps me very busy. Father says you don't like it here. I'm sure you misunderstood. No, I didn't. He said so. Well, Robert and I, we... Perhaps it's time to change all that. You know, you don't seem so arrow... Arrow... You know. Arrogant? Yes, arrogant. You don't seem that way to me. What does it mean anyway? Arrogant son of... A... Let's talk about that later, shall we? That's a, yeah, that's a nice little exchange there. As, uh, you know, he's... Uh, Picard's nephew, Rene, there has heard, uh, heard a lot of... Uh, his uh you know great uncle's exploits in starfleet and he has uh there's a few scenes in this episode where he has his nephew has these aspirations to become a a starfleet come you know captain just like his uncle and there's a lot of uh he, you know he's really looking up to picard and it probably doesn't make uh picard's brother robert uh robert i think is what he calls him most of the time in this episode doesn't make him too happy you know he's robert is the older brother He's kind of always had a problem with Jean-Luc because Jean-Luc actually, you know, he, he did very well in school. He was a great athlete when he was younger. Obviously, now he's in Starfleet, a, a captain of basically the flagship uh, of Starfleet. So his his younger brother's been pretty successful, and here he stayed on this uh, vineyard in France uh, all his life to sort of carry on the family tradition. So there's, there's quite a bit of animosity between the two of them, which... Uh, which also plays into a lot of what goes on in this episode, and it um, it does get resolved pretty much by the end of it. The next uh, next clip I have to play, like I said earlier, there's a, a storyline going on with the Roshenkos with Worf's adoptive parents. Remember that Worf's real parents were killed uh, in a Romulan attack years ago when he was just a young boy, and he went uh, to live with these people on Earth. Uh, growing up on Earth as a Klingon was very difficult, and... There is a scene um, in this episode with Guinan in 10 Forward where she talks to Worf's parents when he has to go off and do something a little bit about Worf and what he's like right now. So I'll play that now. There's something I would like to ask you. Please. How come you never gave him prune juice? <laughs> I beg your pardon. Well, he said he'd never had it till it came here. Now he can't get enough of it. Worf? He never wanted any human food while he was growing up. Everything had to be Klingon. I learned to cook rock egg blood pie. However, we never quite learned how to eat it. <laughs> oh. It was a difficult adolescence. But you got through it. We didn't do anything special. Didn't you? Just look at him. I think he's pretty special. We knew it wouldn't be easy for him, growing up without other Klingons to turn to for guidance. We had to let him discover and explore his heritage by himself. Let him find his own path. Hmm. So many parents could learn so much from the two of you. Yeah, there's Whoopi Goldberg, uh, as always, uh, very wise, playing Guinan and talking to his parents. And you remember uh, in an episode, uh, I think I podcasted about it, I think it was actually a third season one, Yesterday's Enterprise, where Guinan first introduces Worf to uh, 
uh, prune juice and, and the, the wonders of that, uh, which I always found that pretty funny. It's, uh, you know, you'd think this big warrior guy would be drinking, you know, some Romulan ale. Well, not Romulan ale. Worf wouldn't like that, but some Klingon blood wine or whatever, that would be his drink. But no, nope, no, nope, Worf likes prune juice, yep. Uh, it's uh, pretty good. I like that. This uh, oh, I was gonna also say when I first started this this episode was directed by Les Landau, uh, one of the uh, a, a real regular solid director of uh, a lot of Next Generation episodes, and and I think it shows real well in this. He he does a real good job of blending all these different storylines together, uh, the direction, the, the way it's filmed in, uh, especially around this chateau in France. Uh, which actually, of course, wasn't in France, was in California that they filmed it in, and with some trick, you know, a little trick photography and some matte painting work and everything, they were able to make it look like uh, uh, a large vineyard in, in France. So, uh, but he does a good job of uh, directing this episode. Really, really impressive uh, work, I think. The um, let's see where we're at. Uh, the next one, there's a. Uh, this one's just a pretty short clip. There's the. Um, the thing that's going on with Worf that he's having trouble with here is in this episode is he's been sort of, you know, basically excommunicated. He calls it discommendation from from the Klingons. Uh, previously, this happened to him, and it, it's given it's given him a lot of problems. It's it's sort of a dishonor for him. Well, it's a big dishonor for him, and he's trying to explain that a little bit to his adoptive parents. And they basically, in essence, kind of tell him, you know, you know, honey, it's, uh, you know, Worf, it's, it doesn't matter. We support you. We're behind you. You don't have to go through it alone. And even though the, the, the Klingons, when, when somebody that happens to a, a Klingon and, and other Klingons will shun them, basically. And that's the difference here. The, you know, they're humans. They're his adoptive parents. And they're not going to shut them out. You know, if they had been Klingon parents, they probably would under those circumstances, but uh, that's the difference. And I think Worf, uh, even though he's Klingon, he kind of uh, deep down kind of appreciates that a little bit. So let me play that for you now. Whatever you did, we know it was for a good reason. I must bear my dishonor alone. That is not true. I'm sorry if this is too human of us, but whatever you are suffering... You must remember, we are with you. And that we're proud of you. And that we love you. You are our son. Yeah, so you can see, you know, they're not going to turn away from him. They're still proud of him and stand behind him. And it's, uh, you know, that's what a lot of what's going on in this episode. Same thing even with Picard and his brother. They have their problems. They have their falling outs. And, and we'll talk about that as we, we move on uh, with the rest of this. But deep down, they still care for each other, and they would do pretty much anything they needed or or had to do for each other in this uh, episode. Yeah, there's um, you know, a lot of times Star Trek people think it's just all a bunch of you know phasers and and ships shooting at each other, but it's especially the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. They they really delved into the characters, how they interacted with each other, how they interacted with their families when those were on, and, and there was much more to it than that and you know i think those kind of those kind of uh, character traits are, are really good and you don't see in a lot of television uh, i think a lot of the time i don't think you see enough of it so that's uh that's to me at least one of the great appeals of watching uh these shows the same thing with the original series you know especially kirk spock and mccoy you know they'd always go through a lot together but you know by the end of it they'd come out stronger and, and, and able 
I think there was, uh, you know, there was in Star Trek V in the movie, here's a, here's a, a tangent on that idea. Yeah, there's that scene around the campfire. In that movie, you know, maybe not one of the best Star Trek movies, but one of the parts I really enjoyed about that one was, was Kirk's line, something like uh, he says, when he's falling off that mountain, he, he says, I, I know I'd be okay because you guys were with me. McCoy, Spock were there and everything. And he's, you know, he says something like, I've, I've had this idea always that I would die alone, that, that is, as long as you guys are around me, everything will be okay, that between uh, the three of us, we can get through anything together. And he's, you know, that, that I think means a lot. And it says a lot about the three of them and their, uh, you know, their, the fact that they're such good friends with each other and that they would do anything to uh, to help each other out. So, and um, so that's my tangent on that. And let's move on. There's a there's a good scene here with uh, between Picard and his brother that uh, kind of illustrates their relationship a little bit and, and the problems they're having. This leads into uh, kind of a couple of the big scenes that happen in this episode where Picard kind of breaks down and tells his brother a little bit about what happened to him and this is the scene just before that what leads up to sort of a, a knockdown drag out fight in the uh, in the mud of the vineyard between uh, Picard and Robert so listen to uh, listen to this clip never saw that rubbish never saw it never saw it president of the school valedictorian athletic hero with your arms raised in victory valedictorian arms raised in victory you so jealous? Yes, damn it. I was always so jealous, and I had a right to be. A right? I was always your brother. Watching you receive the cheers, watching you break every rule our father made and get away with it. Why didn't you break a few rules? Because I was the elder brother, the responsible one. It was my job to look after you. Look after me? You, you were a bully. Maybe sometimes I even enjoy bullying you. All right. Try it now. Why did you come back, Jean-Luc? Did you come back because you wanted me to look after you again? Damn you! Yeah, you can hear there that, uh, you know, Robert is really egging Picard on, trying to get under his skin. Excuse me like he probably always used to when they were younger and and eventually it does affect Picard and he, and he takes a punch at uh, Robert and then they lead into this fight the uh, I was just looking at the chat with the guys in the chat for the live uh, webcam part and you know they're mentioning uh, uh, Patrick Stewart and and how great a job he does in this episode and in many uh, Star Trek uh, next generation episodes I've said this a few times in the past on the podcast you know the uh, the shame of science fiction, and especially when these shows were on, I think it's slowly changing a little bit. But these guys are these actors on these shows are just to me doing an, an amazing job. Ha, you know, head and shoulders above a lot of people on prime time, regular. You know, the main three networks that are the people that usually get recognized and nominated for Emmy awards and all that kind of junk. And it kind of really starts to bother me a little bit that people don't pay attention to these shows science fiction shows, Star Trek, uh, Battlestar, and, and all that, because there's some great stuff going on here. And a lot of times I think it's even better than a regular drama show would do, because not only do they have to deal with, you know, typical emotions and, 
you know, whatever's written in the script, but there's always, always that um, sci-fi element and that fantastic that they have to imagine about, too, on top of that. You know, okay, they tell Patrick Stewart, okay, here's the deal of this episode. You know, you have uh, you were, uh, you know, sort of basically attacked and, uh, you know, twisted into this Borg drone by the Borg. Well, what does that mean? How, how, does he, how does he understand that situation and then pull out the emotions he needs to in this episode, Family, after what happened to him? You know, to be able to do that and make you believe it as much as he does in this episode, I think, uh, is well deserving of of any award that they might give out to uh, to television uh, actors. And to me, that's uh, kind of an injustice a little bit. But we we all know uh, the people that are Star Trek fans and watch these shows. We know what a good job they do in this, and that's going to lead to. <clears throat> excuse me, took a little drink and went down the wrong way. It's going to lead to the clip that I think is the, is sort of the pinnacle of this episode where where Picard uh, really kind of breaks down and loses it with his brother there and admits to him what happened to him and how much it affected him uh, by what the Borg had done. And it's, uh, it's an amazing, great scene, and uh, I think it's uh, a testament to Patrick Stewart, who I think has always, or I've always thought has done a, always did a top-notch, 100% great job uh, playing uh, Jean-Luc Picard. So listen to uh, this clip now. You were asking for it, you know. Yes, but you needed it. You have been terribly hard on yourself. You don't know, Robert. You don't know. They took everything I was. He used me to kill and to destroy, and I couldn't stop them. I shouldn't have been able to stop them. I tried. I tried so hard. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't good enough. I shouldn't have been able to stop them. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. So... My brother is a human being after all. This is going to be with you a long time, Jean-Luc. A long time. You have to learn to live with it. You have a simple choice now. Live with it below the sea with Lewis. Or above the clouds with the Enterprise. After all, I think I didn't come back so that you could help me. Yeah, like I said, that's uh, just an amazing scene. Patrick Stewart just does a great job with that. Uh, and you could hear his, you know, his brother Robert, he's he's like, uh, he's trying to kind of bring him down to earth a little bit in terms of, you know, he says, you expect so much of yourself. You're, you're a human being just like everyone else is, Jean-Luc, and and just to have been able to go through what you did, you know, for, for a lot of people would probably have just destroyed them. And, you know, you're going to you're gonna live with what happened, and you have to basically kind of, in a way, almost accept what happened and not let it tear you apart because, you know, that he's... Um, one of the things that's going on also in this episode, he's, he's kind of... He's sort of offered a job, basically, with, um, 
some people there that need some help and some geological work that's being done. And, you know, they're kind of trying to recruit uh, Picard to go and join them and kind of quit Starfleet. And he, for a few for a few moments in this episode, he's considering that idea. You know, he's kind of, uh, but, but eventually, you know, he realizes that would sort of be giving up and it would sort of make what happened to him, you know, would sort of let the Borg kind of win in a way. You know, he always wanted to be in Starfleet. Uh, it was, you know, kind of his destiny. He loves it. And w- what happened to him, it's it's understandable that he wants to just throw all that away. You know, there's so many reminders, of course, of by going back to the Enterprise and being staying in Starfleet by what, of what happened to him. It would be easy for him to want to just change that whole situation and circumstance so that he wouldn't have to think so much about what happened to him and you could completely understand that and accept it but that's uh eventually you know his brother is kind of encouraging him and saying you know you you you've got to learn how to live with it and and this isn't really you know the the best course by just kind of uh, you know putting the tail between your legs and, and coming running back here to france and and staying here you know stay here for a little while rest up get better but then go back and face it so uh and and it's it's really good they they obviously these these two brothers even though they've they've had problems in the past they really do you know care about each other and try to help each other the uh i got a couple last clips to play for this episode and we're just about done the the other thing that was going on i said earlier was there was a sort of a, a wesley uh subplot the, the deal was his his father, Jack Crusher, had recorded this small holographic uh, tape recording of of him right after Wesley was born. So Jack Crusher is very young at the time where he records this. And it was trying to give Wesley like a little sense of what he's like at the age, uh, you know, not too far from when the age Wesley is at when he listens to the recording. So that, uh, you know, he didn't expect, of course, to be to be dead or to die, uh, but this was to give sort of a little memento to Wesley that he could watch of his father when, after he grew up and his father would have been older, that, that he could take a look at. And uh, this uh, this clip, I think, this one's a little bit long, but I, I, I like it. I think it's important. And, you know, Wesley, to me, he's always gets a little bit of the short end of the stick in, in Star Trek, uh, but this episode and, and this little recording, I think, it helps a lot for you to understand him more. And uh, I think it's important to play. So listen to it right now. Run program. Hello, Wesley. As I make this recording, you are about 10 weeks old. I wanted you to know who I am today. You see, this Jack Crusher won't exist by the time you're all grown up. I'll be older, more experienced and hopefully a little wiser. But this person will be gone. And I want you to know who your father was when you came into the world. When I see you lying there in your crib, I realize I don't know the first thing about being a father. So let me just apologize for all the mistakes I'm about to make as you grow up. I hope you don't grow up resenting the fact that I was gone so much. That comes with this uniform. I don't know if I can explain why Starfleet means so much to me. Maybe you'll understand when you get this recording. Maybe you'll even want to try one of these on. But you'll probably be a doctor, like your mother. You're only a baby, but it's remarkable. 
I can see in your face all the people I've loved in my lifetime. Your mother, my father and mother, our family. I can see me in you too. And I can feel that you're my son. I don't know how to describe it, but there's this connection, this bond. I'll always be a part of you, Wesley. <laughs> well, I hope this makes some sense to you. I'm not sure that it does to me, but maybe I'll do better next time. I love you, Wesley. Goodbye, Dad. Yeah, so that's, you know, it gets, it gets Wesley a little bit of closure in that uh, scene, I think. that He gets a chance to see his father when he was young, when he was around his age approximately, and to try to, uh, you know, get a sense of him a little bit. He obviously never knew him. He died when he was very young. And I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a neat thing. I, you know, it's it's even these days with video and, and all that that people can do, uh, I think it's a cool idea, actually, make a little recording of yourself when your kids, uh, when your kids are really young, when they're first born, and then play it back for them, you know, like 15, 20 years later. It would be uh, a neat thing, I think, for them to see, and it's, uh, I thought that was a nice little touch for this episode, and it fit into the overall family, family theme of uh, what was going on throughout. Uh, there's uh, one last little clip. This is just a short one, I think. This is uh, when Picard is leaving. He's getting ready to leave uh, the vineyard, leave his, uh, leave uh, Robert and everyone there, and kind of saying goodbye a little bit, I think. So so I'll play this for you, and then I'll come back with some final comments on the show. Well, perhaps it's just as well you got it out of your systems. Perhaps it was, Murray. Perhaps it was. I'll contact Lewis and cancel the meeting with the Board of Governors. It's time that I was going. Already, Jean-Luc? Ah. Uh, the ship will be ready to leave orbit soon, and I belong aboard. If I should ever doubt that again, I know where to come. Yep, and that's uh, that's about as much as I wanted to play. Wraps up the episode, family. The uh, there is one last little scene. I didn't record any of it, but uh, his brother Robert gives uh, uh, Jean Luc a, a, a bottle of uh, Chateau Chateau Picard there from. Uh, from the vineyard, uh, they, they talk a few times about, uh, you know, drinking regular real wine versus synthahol uh, throughout this episode, which is kind of fun, I thought, because uh, they're French. They like to drink their wine. So uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed uh, looking at this episode. Uh, again, it's it's a really, I think, a, a deep, good character episode and, and a real important one in, in the fact that it came after what happened in the best of both worlds with the Borg and Picard and everything. I'm going to take a uh, short break, come back, talk about a replica and a couple other little things. So stand by. We'll be back in a minute. Our host, Rico, will be right back with more sci-fi goodness on Treks in Sci-Fi. Okay, we're back. Uh... The uh, the guys that are watching the uh, the webcam show are uh, asking for a contest. So hey, let's give them a give them a contest. This is going to be live contest for the people that are watching uh, the show. 
I, I was thinking about a couple of ideas for for what I wanted to do for this one. I have uh, I have a action figure of uh, the character Q. So what I was going to do is, uh, this is the contest, guys. Get ready to type for those that are in the chat room. This is for uh, a Q action figure, just uh, the usual smaller uh, size. I guess they're four or five inches. The uh, the question is, I want you to name two episodes that Q was in, but one of them has to be from uh, The Next Generation and one of them has to be from Deep Space Nine. Ready, set, type. Oh, come on now. That wasn't too hard, was it? Hey, Spidey, is that first one? That first one is uh, DS9? I don't think it is. I think it's Next Gen, right? Yeah, you got to name a DS9 one also that, that Q was in. There's a uh, here's a hint. There's a pretty early episode that D- of DS9 that that Q was in. It's it's Google time. Yes, the episode with Vash. Which one was that called? Actually, I think it was in a couple on Deep Space Nine, but that's the one I always remember. Yep, I think that's it. So we have our winner. Spidey is the winner. So, uh, Spidey, send me your contact info, and I'll send out the Q action figure. I guess that maybe that question was a little harder than I thought it was going to be, but uh, we'll uh, we'll move on now. the uh, The collectible for this week that I wanted to talk about there is an Art Asylum gold handled uh, phaser that they did for the 40th anniversary, and uh, I I got a couple of them in the mail. And I think they did a nice job on this. It's basically just a repackage uh, of the the original Art Asylum phasers that they did, but they they did a gold handle of uh, of these. And I've got uh, I'll show the guys the uh, the guys that are watching. Here's what the box looks like. It has uh, the nice uh, Phaser One top that comes off from the Phaser Two. It's got a gold handle, which. From everything that I've checked into, the gold-handled version was just done for this 40th anniversary special phaser. It was never really seen on the series this way. There's a couple of them where they have sort of a a grayish-gold color, a white-handled phaser, but it's uh, it's not um, it's not the uh, not anything that was shown in the series. But it's got a couple of sounds. It makes, and like I said, it's a, it's a nice piece. These can be found online. I've never really seen a lot of this stuff, the, the latest Star Trek replicas and props in the store. So they um, they seem to be easier to find online. I think I got mine from entertainmentearth.com. And they're, I think, 15 to 20, I think, or something like that they're going for. Not bad, and uh, it's a nice little collectible. This is a lot nicer phaser uh, replica than they used to do for... Uh, playmates they did a really nice job on this it's it's pretty accurate and for the for the money i think you can't really beat it it's certainly a lot cheaper than the master replicas items and replicas that they put out they have uh they have a lot of nice features on these and they're not so expensive that you're really worried about handling them and playing with them if you're at a whatever a convention and and you're in costume using them for that rather than a uh, several hundred dollar re- master replicas item which i don't think i'd want to carry around at a convention so so check these out uh this will uh, i've got some pictures of it up in the collection gallery on the website so you can uh, take a better look at it uh but again art asylum uh phaser uh, 40th anniversary version they're putting out a few other things for the 40th anniversary also that should be coming out in the next few months some more action figures 
uh, a Kirk in, in the captain's chair piece, which looks pretty nice. That's not quite out yet. I think in another month or so that should be coming out. And a couple other items. There's some new Star Trek ornaments, of course, for Christmas that are coming, which I've got to pick up still. Haven't done that yet. Got to get out to uh, my local Hallmark store and do that. I think uh, they should uh, still be around. They're, they don't usually sell out of those, at least uh, I haven't found around here. I can I can usually pick them up pretty easily uh, up until Christmas. It's hard to believe it's already uh, October and we're talking about Christmas, although a lot of stores seem to already have a lot of stuff out for Christmas. I guess that's just trying to get people to buy more um, more, more things. The longer the, the shopping period time, I guess, before Christmas, the more you'll buy. So just going to take a, uh, a short little break here. We'll come back and, and finish up the show. All right, we're back. Uh, really, I uh, had a good time recording this one this week. Uh, I usually do them a little earlier in the day, uh, earlier in Sunday morning, and, and it's right now for me, it's like uh, going on 2.30 in the afternoon. I think I'm a little more awake, uh, and I think it went a little easier, actually, for me. So maybe I'll record them a little later in the day. It's uh, it's just, uh, you know, sometimes it takes uh, a long time to get the editing and, and the clips and all that stuff, but uh, I think the recording of it I'm going to try to do like this later in the day, which will mean the episode or the podcast might come out a little later on Sundays than they have in the past if you're somebody out there that's listening and likes to get it downloaded as soon as you can. Look for them maybe a little later on Saturdays, or sorry, Sundays from now on. For uh, the coming week, uh, or so. Like I said, the, the Wednesday show I think is going to be really good. I'll be releasing that Wednesday evening, the interview with uh, Christine Smith, uh, who wrote the uh, McCoy uh, DeForest Kelly memoir, and look for that then. And next weekend's show for that'll be show 80, I think, next weekend. Yeah, I've uh, for the past few weeks I've had the idea to do a, uh, a sci-fi Star Trek music a show dedicated or a podcast at least dedicated to, uh, to music. And it's um, it's been kind of rumbling around in the back of my mind for a while, and I think I'm going to tackle that next on next week's podcast, all about Star Trek and sci-fi music. I, I may break it up. I may do this over a, a series of podcasts. I, I think I might just start with Star Trek music from the various series and, and the movies, and then do maybe a Star Wars one and maybe a general sci-fi one. I think it's going to be too much to cover, our, you know, sci-fi, Trek, Star Wars music all in one podcast. So. Probably next Sunday's show will be just focusing on like Star Trek music in the various uh, series and movies. So, so look forward to that. And I, that's just about it. Hey, it's uh, early in October, so if there's anyone out there who hasn't voted for uh, Treks and Sci-Fi but likes the show, downloads the show, listens each week, I'd really appreciate you check out Podcast Ellie and toss a vote over to the show, to the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. And if you feel like uh, putting a little review up on iTunes, that's always appreciated as well. So until uh, this Wednesday and uh, next time, I want everyone to have a nice week. Uh, Enjoy if you've got uh, slightly warmer weather. I've got to get outside soon uh, here and cut my lawn. And uh, it's uh, it's not growing as fast as it did for a while, but uh, or for during the summer like it did. But it still needs it every couple of weeks. And and today's a pretty nice day out, at least in Michigan. So got to go out and do that. And... uh, get off the computer for a little while, come back and edit it up this 
in a while. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks to the guys in the chat room for watching. Hope you've enjoyed this look at the inside makings of Treks in Sci-Fi and my uh, strange little, uh, uh, you know, environment or whatever you want to call it. So I'll talk to everyone next time. Bye for now. This is Rico signing off for this week. This has been a Rick Dusty production. This podcast, copyright 2006, all rights reserved.